This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I'm at the Channel 9 office in Australia Square in Sydney and here I have with me Helen McKay. A lot of you might remember Helen from the Australian Women's Weekly where she was the editor-in-chief for about six years, am I right? Yes, six and a half years in the end. So you ended up leaving that job in January 2016 and then joined Channel 9 in 2016. So before I hit the record button, you were telling me about what you're doing for the six, what was supposed to be a six-month gardening leave. So what did you get up to? Well, I finished my renovation. So I discovered that tradesmen were in my house the whole time. Every time I turn around, there'd be another tradesman, which was... Um, you know, which was a lot of fun to kind of just potter around and uh, discuss the, the window treatments and the plumbing problems, etc. But I guess the most interesting thing that I did was uh, I went and enrolled in a course at General Assembly and studied um, product management, uh, which was a 10-week course, uh, Tuesdays and Thursday nights, and I used to describe it as going back to school. Uh, I would go in with um, all the kids because I would have easily been the eldest person in the room and started from scratch in terms of my digital knowledge, which has has been particularly helpful in this current process because I've got a product manager that I'm working on working with um, right now, and so I'm probably a lot more sympathetic to his his um, problems than I would have been if I hadn't have done the course. Do you find yourself going in when he's discussing things? Yeah, I get it. No, no, but we can do this better. Actually, I've got a lot of respect for him because I realise how much I don't know. Uh, He has much greater knowledge than me. So in some ways, I'm kind of glad I got this job at Channel 9 because if I had to rely on my skills as a product manager, I'd probably be struggling about now. Um, But look, there's just lots of things. I I had launched the the weekly website, so I had been involved in, in a launch of something before. But it's good to... Uh, know what you don't know and I felt that the the field was moving so quickly and there were a lot of new practices in how you put together a, uh, a website or a, or a network like the one we've just done uh, that I needed to understand better and I needed to understand the language of the devs and the, and the product managers in order to have quality conversations with them about what I wanted and uh, so that's what I did and I met great people like really interesting people from completely different walks of life and uh, and I'm still in touch with them actually I got a message on LinkedIn from one of them the other day going just checking what you're doing and um, and updating me on his life so that's what I did. Wow. So in another podcast with Kim Wilson, that James Manning, James Manning, who's the editor of Media Week, and I said in, Kim Wilson credited you absolutely with taking, you know, AW, the weekly to where it is today and kind of said that you took it from front on and you took it into a new digital age. And right now, if you look at the weekly, it's one of the most powerful brands when it comes to magazines and also the digital presence. So, you know, six years ago when, you know, the magazines were still trying to catch on with the digital language, what was that challenge like? And then we'll move on to talking about your role here at Nine. Well, uh, Bauer took a different view. So the weekly was really part of a, um, a complete overhaul of their digital offerings. And they launched to love, which was a network, and the weekly was a part of that. So in some ways, my role was just as part of the weekly and... And, uh, look, I thought that it was an incredible opportunity for the weekly because it's such a massive brand. Um, but that work's still very, you know, there to be done as all of these digital brands, uh, have a lot, have a lot 
further to go. And so I left at kind of a time when it was still getting on its feet and uh, come over here to kind of do do something completely different. Mm. So you were in the editor-in-chief chair, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, for about six years. So what was that feeling like? Because to a certain extent, it would have become your baby. You would have become so attached to a brand because you're you know, going in that office, going walking through the same doors for six years, which is a large chunk of someone's professional life to a certain extent. Maybe, but I was also at News Limited for probably 15 years, and so I was uh, a Canberra correspondent, I was uh, an assistant editor on the Daily Telegraph, I was night editor of The Australian, and deputy editor of the Sunday Telegraph, so... In some ways, 15 years in newspapers is still very powerful for me. And before that, I spent a good, I don't know, 10 years in television. So my original background is actually uh, as a television reporter for Channel 7. So I don't know. I just do things in chunks and I throw myself at them. And I don't really feel defined by any one of those roles. But the interesting thing for me personally is that I... I tend to throw myself completely in the deep end and do something I don't know anything about. And so here I am, 100% digital uh, and completely different from being what the weekly would have been, 80% print and 20% digital. So I remember the first day I walked into the the weekly and felt, wow, this is interesting because if I'd walked onto the floor of a newspaper, I would have felt completely comfortable. And here I am walking into a business that's, as I say, 100% digital. So it's just just another challenge. You can't describe it as not completely knowing about something because you did launch the Women's Weekly website. So did did that time somewhat help with your new title as Head of Lifestyle? And what do you exactly do? What does that title exactly incorporate at Nine? Head of Lifestyle, well, what we've got is a lot of different verticals. They were launched, interestingly, when Bauer pulled out of the relationship with 9MSN. So suddenly this side of the business didn't have all of the magazine content. So they very quickly launched a whole of verticals, kitchen, home, um, coach, honey, uh, and there's probably one more elsewhere. And they're very young, very, very young brands. They're really new. They've, some of them have only been around about six months. Some of them have been around about just over a year. And so my job as head of lifestyle is to look at those brands and amplify and commercialize and see what, where, how they can be even bigger and even better. So that's really what I'm doing at the moment. Mm. So I had one brand at the weekly uh, digital brand. I now have, I think, uh, six brands and launching some more. Uh, so it's a really, it's really interesting, it's a really, really interesting role to work out how to draw all of those verticals together and to tell a story about it and to give our advertising clients an opportunity to place ads around whatever the vertical is that suits them uh, in the market that is best suited to their products. Mm. So one of the things that's happening to, as of today, which is we're recording this on a Monday, I mean Friday, and this is going to, going to happen on Monday when this podcast will be published, is that your beauty and fashion website will be rebranded as Nine Style. You're taking Nine Honey as the umbrella brand for six of the verticals that you mentioned just now, and you're launching a new offering called Nine Mums. Now, what was the drive behind also tapping into that parenting market? For me, that was the missing piece of the puzzle. We had all these verticals in the, in the traditional lifestyle area, but we didn't have 
a, a vertical that gave us the opportunity to talk to women in a, in a broader sense. You know, not just the woman who's interested in travel or beauty or fitness, but to say, what is the conversation you want to have um, above that? And we know that parenting and children and relationships are a really big part of women's lives. And that was just the missing bit. So Nine Mums is kind of neat. Uh, it's tight. Uh, it fits really well in a headline. And parenting, you know, we could have called it Nine Parenting, but it didn't quite have the same ring to it. Uh, but actually, to be more serious about it, I do, I do think uh, Mums gives us a broader range of topics rather than just parenting. Mm. It does kind of pull into, uh, into that area a whole heap of different conversations you can have, anything from policy around childcare you know, through to opinions on breastfeeding and best ways to handle children that have disabilities or children that have issues or even problems with your husband or your partner and that kind of thing. So I just wanted a broad umbrella description uh, that appeals to a very big number of women out there. Mm. I mean... Are you kind of digging yourself a hole into, you know, just being, just appealing to women with the name Nine Mums? <laughs> well, I'm very happy to just appeal to women. Uh, I think they're a pretty big market and I think they are looking for something a little bit different from their media sources. Now, I know this from a magazine background uh, and certainly the, the editor that's come on board knows that from her background at uh, A Current Affair. So, no, I don't think there is an issue there at all it does actually you know it's funny it comes up a bit internally about what about um what about a lifestyle site for men and uh i have laughed at that but the more i think about it the more i think perhaps there is an opportunity at some point if a lifestyle site for women works then why not look at a lifestyle site for men um i don't know whether i'm the best editor of that uh but it's it's at the moment this is this is the area where we think there is the most um opportunity so earlier Nine announced a partnership with Car Advice, if I'm getting the name right. There are a lot of automotive websites starting with Car. Um, and I was speaking to Andrew Beecher from that, and he was saying that, yes, you know, there is a potential of appealing to a more female readership. Right now the readership for that website is quite male-skewed. Is that something that you'd be looking after? Not uh not in the way that perhaps you refer to, um, but if you ask me, do I think there's a possibility for synergies between car advice and Nine Honey? Yes, of course. Do I think women are important in buying cars? Very much so. And I have talked to Alex Parsons about it and said, don't forget me when we're talking about how to utilise that part of the business um, or to get you know, maximum value out of that part of the business because I do think there's crossover. It's not a priority right now. I've got a lot of other verticals, so cars will probably sit a bit down um, down the list of priorities. But certainly I think there's a lot of opportunity there for women and cars. Mm. Now, speaking about the skew between your male and female readership, you've got the Nine The Fix, which is a celebrity news website, Nine Kitchen, cooking and recipe site, Nine Homes, which is your interior designing site, Nine Style, which is your fashion and beauty, like I mentioned earlier, Travel sites called Nine Elsewhere and the Nine Coach and the Nile Nine Mums. So we've gone through all of them. Yes. Do they seem, uh, so what's the split between your female and male readership in that and are you happy with it? 
not quite sure what you mean by the split. These are all sites that mostly appeal to women. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that we're excluding men. It's not compulsory for women to read and men not to read. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of that content will continue to sit on the homepage of nine.com.au. Uh, so it'll be available, readily available to any uh, member sector, section of the audience that wants to take up that content. We are just making it really easy for women to find a site that we think... We, look, put, let me put it another way. We think there is an audience... Um, of women that currently look at our television shows that are watching The Voice, watching The Block, are excited about um, Married at First Sight, who don't have an automatic spot to go online for those sorts of that sort of content, mm. those sorts of interests. So we're just making it available to them in a one really easy, convenient spot. But totally, certainly, Coach. There's a bit of male, um, a bit of a male readership on Coach, so I wouldn't want to lose those, and they'll certainly be more than able to find Coach content through nine.com.au. Yep. And so, in terms of uh, the readership that you're looking for, cooking and recipes is popular with you know that's also re- like kind of re emphasized through the popularity of shows like MasterChef or My Kitchen Rules, and then you also have your reality renovation shows like The Block and House Rules. So these fields are really popular, but in the same in the same context, there's a lot of content about those things online that's, you know, user-generated from other magazine brands, other TV show brands. How do you compete? How do you pull the reader's attention to these verticals in such a market where there's so much content out there? Well, I think one of the appeals about this is you're going to get it all in the one spot. So... Uh, I think that's a point of difference. Uh, I also think we've got a really big television network that we can draw great video content from. So we've got this unique position where we can have great written content uh, but also great video content because we can draw from the talent at the network and we will be. And so are you? do you make a conscious effort of, say, tying in something like content from the block, for example, into Nine Homes? Very much so, very much so. We will be using, um, we'll do recap uh, versions in the morning uh, of the, the highlights from the block, recaps from our programs that are coming up for the next uh, the next 12 months, which there's some really exciting content, certainly around Married with First Sight, uh, Couples Retreat, and even um, Ninja Warrior, I think, has got some interesting uh, possibilities for our coach site, for example. So that will be a key part of the site and a key part of its its success. This is what makes this project slightly different from other women's lifestyle networks, and that is that we have a very successful television network with a really big audience uh, and a very strong female audience already. So my job, if uh, I get, if my job is to draw those levers, um, put draw on those levers and pull it into one great product. Now. I really want to stress this is just phase one for us. We, we've thrown this together really quickly and um, for us it'll be quite an evolution. This is where we start today uh, or this week is not where we plan on ending up. We've got a lot of work to do. And in fact, in some ways, we're going to go back to the drawing board um, as of right now and, and re-look at everything we're currently doing uh, and improve on it because... My first job was just to pull all of the strands of the verticals together and work out what that looked like, um, work out what the audience is and what the audience wants, and then to go back and um, start from scratch and get it to where we want it to be ultimately. But 
the advantage is having a television network and having that video content. Mm. So you did mention it, it is phase one and you do have bigger dreams for it. Very much so. Um, where do you see the biggest growth opportunity? Oh, good question. Uh, look, I think around video content, um, but I also think just in content. I think news, opinion, feature writing, I think there's a lot of opportunity there and I, and I feel really strongly about using the talent of the network. So we've got, I should find out the right number, but lots of journalists in this business already and lots of people doing uh, interesting things um, out in the field, on television, interviews all over the world. I really want to draw on their expertise and get used to them writing for the site. So the quality of the information, I think it's a site that can be trusted given our branding in news and current affairs. I think that's where the real opportunity lies. But, I mean, actually, it's really... The scope is so enormous that I have to kind of just dampen down the plans a little bit and just be happy with what I'm doing right now because I do kind of lie awake at night going, I could do this and I can do that and I can do, do this as well. But right now, just getting the verticals that we're currently doing humming along, getting the team humming, introducing a great new editor, I'm just going to have to you know, do that for the next six months and then we'll see after that. <laughs> and so you did mention that because Nine Network is a broadcast network, so there is you, you obviously have access to a huge library of videos, but would you be looking to create videos specially for these platforms separate to what goes on TV? Mm, I, I certainly want to use the what grows on TV. I also want to use the content that, that you don't see on TV, which we call the cast-offs or the extra content. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I also want to do our own content. I want to do everything, the whole lot. Give give Helen everything you've got and she'll take it. Um, <laughs> I'm greedy. <laughs> but talking about... So video is a big buzzword now, but podcasting is also on its way up. It's That's another big buzzword and hence we are podcasting um but is that something is that an avenue or is audio uh, arena that you want to step into if you'd asked me this question five days ago i would have said that's sort of phase two phase three but we are moving so rapidly in this business that i was out at um willoughby this morning and there is a team looking at podcasting and there is a team looking at podcasting for honey and i am thrilled that the network is so supportive of the entire project that they are just saying yes and going to find ways to make it happen. Uh, when that will become part of the network, I don't know, uh, but it's certainly underway. Could you give us any hints as to what type of... Well, I only found out this morning that it's actually got... A, that, that, that the team I sort of roughly put together is actually meeting and it's happening because I thought there would be a bit of a delay on that. And um, But, yeah, I, there's some great people that... I know I want to do podcasts. I've been talking to them about it for six months and they're actually looking at it. But I haven't had a chance to think much more about it than that. Sweet. Now, in terms of Nine Honey, you do have all these other brand names that start off with the numeral nine. So, you know, there's no losing that nine scope there in terms of advertising it out. But why Nine Honey specifically when you had all these different great names? Ah, that's a really good question. When I walked into the business... The Honey brand was fashion and beauty, and it was really strong internally. It was the one site everyone mentioned to me over and over again, and its results were no better than anybody than in any of the other verticals, home, kitchen, coach, elsewhere. And yet it was the one that everyone kind of gravitated to and wanted to talk to me about. 
So that was interesting. And then I just decided that why reinvent the wheel? Why have a process of choosing another name? We know all the names in the market and um, they would have been hard to avoid. It's very hard to get URLs. It's very hard to get domain names. We owned it. People liked it. It felt to me it worked quite well as an overarching brand, perhaps even better than a style and beauty brand. Uh, the new style and beauty editor felt strongly that style and beauty should be style, that honey wasn't quite the right positioning for it. So it was just an easy switch. Now at the Mamma Mia upfront, because I'm thinking through this conversation, your main target market is women. Mamma Mia, all about women. Something that they boast of or they really sell is that understanding of female audience and female content because that's what it's been all about since the very beginning, since you know Mia Friedman was working on it as a blog. Um, next year, they'll be going into four new reporting areas, uh, travel, finance, sports, and one that's beyond me right now, motoring, I think. Um, so you have some crossover there. So what sort of competition do you see coming from them? Also, News Corp's announced that they're launching a new women's digital destination. So do you see the market getting more crowded over time? Look, I guess it'll get competitive. It, it is already competitive. Uh, and the more time I, I spend in this space, the more respect I have for the people that are in it. Um, they're doing an amazing job. So what's the challenge of appealing to women? Everyone talks about women content and its big appeal, but I'm just thinking, what's the challenge? Why, and, I mean, obviously they have a lot of buying power as well, so I can see where advertisers would want to appeal to them and why, you know, publishers and broadcasters and Nine Now is also pushing into that arena. But do you see any specific challenge that you're thinking about when, you, when it comes to content and, you know, keeping her attention? No, I mean, I think there's always a bit of a mistake that you think that there's one type of woman and that we all agree on everything and that you can just kind of go, here, women, have this, and you'll all just, you know, agree that that's what we want. Because there's not, you know, it, that, and that's the hard bit, is that we're very multifaceted. And for everyone that will love the name Nine Honey, there'll be a whole heap that hate it. Um, in, and Nine Mums is an interesting example. I feel strongly that... The majority of women are quite happy being called a mum, that are a mum. Uh, but I know internally there are some mums that kind of went, I don't like, you know, I don't like being referred to as a mum. So that's the challenge. There's very strong and differing opinions. And women are very opinionated and, uh, and they also know quality when they see it. You can trick them once if you're lucky, but you can't trick them twice. They, you know, they, they're very discerning as a, as, a, as a reader, as a viewer, and very discerning as a buyer. But, you, but you're right. The reason we're all in this space is because finally everyone woke up and realised that women make all the buying decisions. And therefore, they're a very, very important audience to speak to. And as they get pay rises and better jobs and better educated, they're going to become even more important, more influential uh, and um, more demanding of of uh, of, the, of their products and and for outcomes from you know the, the, the what they spend their money on. 2017, in terms of sports, women in sports is kind of revolutionary in that that women's sports is getting more primetime coverage on three main main commercial networks than ever before. Nine's got the netball and a few other properties that I can't think of right now. But are you looking to tap into some of those? Are you brainstorming those ideas already? 
Well, we do have the netball, and we are really excited about the netball. And I have spoken to um, the uh, people behind uh, the netball, but I'm trying to take one thing at a time. You asked me about cars, and now you're asking me about netball um, and podcasts. Look, as I say, I'm kept awake at night with the with the possibilities. I'm just at the moment really focused on getting this damn thing live, making sure it's working, uh, making sure we've got some quality content on it and getting the team humming around the, the new work, the new workflow. But Netball provides an enormous opportunity. No doubt about that. What sort of finishing touches go into, you know, a website before it does go live? So before you do hit the live button on Nine, Nine Mum, what are some of the things that you have to take into account? Um, all sorts of things. Uh, we had a couple of funny moments um, yesterday, but I'd be lying if I could actually tell you what they were. All I knew was there was a moment where, mm, we can't do it, mm, there we, yes, we can do it, mm, we can't do it. Guess what, we're going to do it. So I'm just, at this point, yes, I did a product management course, and yes, I should know the answer, but at this point, I'm really just uh, referring all the way up to the uh, head of the dev team and crossing my fingers mm. uh, and hoping that it just all... And it won't. Like, there will be glitches. I'm, I'm resigned to that. Uh, I just hope the glitches aren't big. So you've been in the media industry <clears throat> for such a long time. My last two questions. First, what's been a highlight for you? Highlight of my career? The highlight of your career. Uh, well, def- definitely being the editor-in-chief of the Australian Women's Weekly was an incredible honour and privilege. And to have that platform... Um, Look, I felt incredibly privileged to give the Andrew Ollie lecture last year and talk about some of the things that I, I um, feel strongly about. I guess the opportunity um, to in, indulge some of my passions around um, kids and adoption and Indigenous affairs and some social justice issues, probably. Yeah. That's a hard question to ask me towards the end of the interview. <laughs> talk all about your career and then ask you about your highlight and my last question to you is what are you reading right now what's your relaxation read oh i'm reading the um dominic smith um book uh it's, i think it's called the last days of del santo i might have that wrong uh, i just started that a few weeks ago got into a chapter i've got a long way to go and i'm watching i've just finished season two of the killing which mean, makes me a long way behind but the finale was last night you know the actual you know who done it thing came about last night so i can't get that out of my head as well Helen McCabe, thank you for joining me on Media Week podcast. It was really great pleasure talking to you. Thank you, and thank you for taking the interest. I really appreciate it. Um, check us out online, mediaweek.com.au. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Media Week AUS.